With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Preview show. Welcome to 1874. It's time for a match preview show. Of course, the first one of the season as Aston Villa head to Newcastle, St. James's Park, Saturday tea time. I'm your host, Dan Bardell. Delighted to be joined by one of my favourite people to work with. It's David Reid. David Reid, how are you? All right, thanks, Dan. How are you? Yes, good, good. I don't feel like I've actually seen you that much this, this week. I probably did. Even, did I work with you even this week? I can't remember. No, like we didn't. You. We didn't. Yeah, I've had a busy, busy, busy week this week with non-on-air stuff. So lots of oh, lots okay. of things going on this week. Keeping the Villa boys apart. In fact, actually, we'll come on to it, but it sounds like Villa actually might become active for the first time in the transfer window since we've been doing shows again. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But we've got to kick off with something that's not really match preview related. Emi Buendia going to be out for a long, long time. It feels like Villa get one of these injuries every season, though. Yeah, I know it's a horrible one as well because you've done really well in, in pre-season and I was expecting this to be a real progression season for him, a development season because I think he'd probably admit that you know his, his numbers hadn't been as high as they perhaps could have been and I was really expecting him after an Unai Emery pre-season to be able to hit good numbers this year and it's such a shame and I think Unai Emery has said today that it was the last action, so the last part of the training session that he's, he's done his ACL and now he's off to see a doctor and they'll have to see a specialist and then they'll have to see how long he's going to be out for. So it's it's a long road back for Emmy Brendy and you, you just got to wish him the best that he's he's able to recover okay and come back. You think it's going to be at least six months, which rules him out of the the first part of, of the season. I wouldn't, I mean, remember Diego Carlos getting a bad injury. We didn't see him till, till April. So you'd imagine it's going to be somewhere along those lines for, for Emmy Brendia. I don't think, I think if you had everyone fit and you picked Villa's best 11, I'm not sure Emi Buendia is in 
that 11, but of course you need more than 11 and he would have been a vital part throughout the opening part of the season. I think he certainly would have played on Saturday against Newcastle with Ramsey out. So it's, it's a huge blow and it's probably something that's going to press Villa into action in the transfer market. Yeah, uh, we uh, Sky had an interview with Monchi um, today, his first interview in English. And, I mean, fair play to him. His, his English isn't the best. And we managed to kind of get a couple of answers, a couple of questions um, out of him. And you could see, obviously, that he's been learning the language. So, you know, fair play to him for, you know, being able to articulate himself in English enough Um for, for the, an English interview um, and he did say that the window's open and he expects to make more signings and for Villa to make more signings. Um, he also talked a little bit about how the project was sold to him and he was excited to work with Unai Emery and the, the big plans and the ambitious plans that the club have and he wanted to, to come and be a part of it and that was one of the main reasons that he took the job as president of football operations I think is the title. You've got it. Um, I've got it, yeah. And he, yeah, so essentially he he said that he would expect more incomings before the end of the transfer window. Obviously, he know, he knew at that point about the Buendia injury, although the interview took place before it was officially announced. Um, so you would expect with the Buendia in, injury for Villa to go out and do some business in that attacking third. Because he'll need replacing, and I still think, Maybe towards the end of the window, Villa were waiting to see if anything came up as an, an opportunity to get another att- attacking player in. But that's probably two that, that will be needed now because I don't think they cannot replace Buendia in the, in the first part of the season, certainly, because he would have played a lot of games, as I just said. Yeah, I think they were looking definitely for, for another attacking player anyway, weren't they? And it was one of them that might have ended up moving towards the back end of the window if everyone was fit. Now, they probably might end up expediting that business and, and try and do something a little bit sooner than what they might have. And they might not be able to wait for maybe someone who might give them a yes on the last day of the window. They might have to go do, go and do something a little bit sooner after this Buendia injury. I think it will force them into doing something. It, I mean, I saw um, Fabrizio talk about uh, Zaniolo. Mm. I, I, I don't know anything personally about that deal, but obviously that's an attacking player. I think he had a, he's had a decent spell at um, Galatasaray. Galatasaray yeah, was it? The, Galatasaray uh, yeah, season. I think he scored five goals there uh, from the January onwards. He was offered to Bournemouth. Bournemouth were willing to do the deal in January, um, but essentially he he turned them down, even though they were offering him a a big pay rise, um, and he ended up going to Turkey. But you know, if that deal comes off, he's someone that Monchi knows as well. I believe he's mm. worked with him worked with him previously. So well, he that signed him for an attacking option. Yeah, he signed in for Roma, so you'd think, you know, knowing what's happened, what's happened with with, with Buendia, you think, you know, Fabrizio Romano's pretty much spot on a lot a lot of the time, isn't he? It's a link that that makes sense. So Zaniolo may be someone that, that comes in. I can't say I've seen him play loads, and I know bits and pieces about him. He's a very elegant footballer. He's actually six foot one, six foot two. He might even be taller than that, actually, but he's not an aerial player at all. He's, he's all about uh, on the floor. Great touch for a big lad. I've, I've heard Zaniola, <laughs> but they, yeah, he's six, he's, he's, he's big, but he's not a physical player, which is, which is quite, which is quite strange, isn't it? But he'd be someone who in terms of position probably is like for like for Buendia, albeit they're completely different players because I, I don't think Zaniola is a, a presser at all. Whereas Emi Buendia likes to get around the pitch and likes to put his foot in for, for a number 10, which is quite rare. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, strangely enough, obviously, Buendia suffered this really bad injury and actually Zaniolo has had a, a pretty checkered injury history as well. So bringing a player in, if you know, if that ends up going through as um, as someone to replace someone with a bad injury and, and he's obviously had a had not the best injury record in the past as well. So that's another another thing to think about. But yeah, he's, he's obviously quite physically imposing, but by, by no means a, a particular aerial threat. No, I wouldn't expect him to be using hold-up play as well to to, to, to move the ball on and, and use the ball. It's worth saying, I saw this from someone else on Twitter, though. I don't want to put the curses on it at all, but Toro Mings' injury record was terrible before he came to Villa, and he's been largely fine since he came to the club. So he, he doesn't count for anything, and these things can, can be managed. But yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. That, that's one that now is looking like it, it might happen and does make sense for the reasons that we've just spoken about. Let's talk about the game now, then Newcastle away. Not the ideal start from the point of view of it's a tough game, but also it's an exciting game. So I'm actually really looking forward to it, whatever happens on day one. I think away at St. James's Park, where the atmosphere will be feverant, Villa fans and Newcastle fans will create such a good atmosphere on the eve of a, a Champions League season for, for them as well. It's a really exciting game, isn't it? Oh, I can't wait for it. I absolutely cannot wait for it. It's, it's, it feels strange to have this sort of excitement and optimism going into a new season, and in a in a strange sort of way, I don't particularly like it because I'm not used to it. I'm not used no, to having this normal. sort of optimism um, going into a going into a new season. But yeah, I mean, Newcastle had such a good year last year, and they'll be looking to replicate that and to go there with the atmosphere that we're going to face. It feels like a really big game, just as the game at Villa Park did against Newcastle. It feels like, you know, both clubs heading in the right direction up the table and two teams will be hoping to finish above each other come the end of the season. And if we end up finishing above Newcastle come the end of the season, I think we'll be in and around that top six, which is obviously a great finish to a season if we're in and around that top six. Yeah, as I say, it's going to be a a really tough game, but you're right, two upwardly mobile teams, two teams that are embarking on exciting seasons back in Europe. Neither club has been in Europe for a long time now, so it's exciting for both sets of fans. I think fans are, I think it's really refreshing that Villa and Newcastle uh, are doing well. You know, forget all the stuff about about the ownership of Newcastle from a purely footballing standpoint. They've done really well, and Eddie Howe is is a tremendous manager, someone who I was never... 100% 100% sure of him at Bournemouth. I always thought, I think he might be a little bit overhyped here. Eddie Howe, but actually you see at Newcastle what he's done, a bit like Emery. He's in, not only has he brought in good players and worked with players that, that have come in, but he has improved the players that were already there tenfold. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's talked about himself. He was running on empty a little bit at the end when it, when it ended at Bournemouth. And he's gone away, recharged, spent a lot of time with the family, but also spent a lot of time educating himself and going around and looking at how other teams play and kind of reassessing and, and going back to what he he wants as, as a manager and how he wants his side to play. And they've really kind of doubled down on what they want to do over the last year when you're looking at a, 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 a team who is so physical you know, lots, lots of distance cover, lots of sprints. You know, the the off off the ball stuff is kind of how they're defined, really. Apart from uh, away from their on the ball um, activity, so it's kind of you know you know what you're going to get with Newcastle. They're going to try and run all over you, and Villa managed to stood stand up to that task in the game at in the game at Villa Park, and it's something that we're obviously going to have to be particularly aware of this time. They're going to try and press us very high up the pitch, and we've got to be able to withstand that pressure. Pressure coming from the Newcastle players, but coming from the stands as well. 
well. I wonder whether they'll try and exploit the Villa high line a little bit because I do expect to try and push up and squeeze the game a little bit. And, you know, we've obviously seen we've become a little bit vulnerable at times in pre-season. Now I expect the, the goals that we've conceded in pre-season not to happen during uh, during a 90-minute Premier League game. But, you know, the, the high line works so well at the end of last season that I, I kind of feel like teams might try and take advantage of that a little bit more this season, knowing that we're going to try and do it. So, We've got to watch out for those little balls over the top from the from the back, really. Fabian Cher, Kieran Trippier, those players who are able to to play big long balls and and watch out for for runs in behind. I mean, we could play that high line. You can still be compact in in terms of you can you can push and squeeze tight together the defence and the midfield and the attack all playing close together. I do think that's what Villa Villa would do. I think. We were so good in that last performance against Newcastle at, at home at Villa Park. So, so good. They'd won five in a row leading up to that game and Villa, Villa blew them away just with a front foot performance from the first 30 seconds. I think Ollie Watkins hit the post in, in that game. It'll probably be, although you're saying about the high line, it will be a different type of performance required to get something at Newcastle on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to have to be... A, it, it, we're not going to have it as kind of... I wouldn't say easy, but it, it felt easy at times in the in the home game at Villa Park. It's not gonna it's not gonna be that way. It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle right from from the first whistle. I think they you know they've got so much talent in that team. Um, they've got so much kind of physicality that we're gonna have to stand up and try and try and match that on the day. I'm really excited to see from a pure Nike side because I don't want them to do well, but from a purely a football fan point of view and and working in football. I'm interested to see how Newcastle line up. I'm interested to see how Sandro Tonali does, because that's a real high-level signing for Newcastle. When you've got him, you've got Bruno Gamares, and we, we were talking at work about Joe Linton as well. I think that's a that's a nice midfield three, that is. And they've, got, they've still got a long staff of Willock, who had good yeah. seasons to call upon as well. And I really like Joe Willock. I think he's a I think he's a real top-level player. I think he's got all the instincts about arriving late in the box. He knows when to make runs into the box. I think he takes the ball under pressure as well, which is a real key attribute um, for, for midfielders in, in the modern game. So I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Joe Willock. But at the same time, you think about how Newcastle are going to line up and we're not too sure they're personnel-wise. I'm actually not too sure what, what Villa are going to do in, in no. this game. And, and, you know, he's chopped and changed, obviously, in pre-season, which is to be expected, trying out different players and different setups. And I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm not entirely sure which way he's going to go for this opening game. No, it's, it's it's probably a good time to talk about Villa's Villa's team selection. Obviously, there's certain players you know are going to play. Martinez, Mings, probably concert where where where, where he plays. We, we don't know. You know, Oli, does Oli Watkins? Maybe Martinez. Obviously, in, in goal, I think Diaby out of the new players is the one that's certain to start. I'm then fifty fifty on on Torres or, or Tillemans. Emery in a, in his presser today, we we haven't done this under him at any point. We haven't even done it in pre season. He talked about playing with a a three-man central midfield, which makes me think with Ramsey out, with Buendia out, is there a chance he might switch the system for, for, for this one and, and bring Tillemans in instead of instead of Buendia? I assume Buendia, Buendia would have played from, from the left in, in Ramsey's position. That's that's what I think would have happened. He could just go like, like for like and put Philogene there. Philogene's played in that position in pre-season and Villa have always kind of played that very defined off-the-ball 4-4-2. So Philogene probably would have come in on the left, but part of me thinks will he play Tillemans, Louise, and Kamara for this one because it is a tough game. What and then and then McGinn in a, in a more advanced. Then you've got McGinn and the RB off Watkins. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. I just feel like if he's not done it in pre-season, it's, I feel like it's quite... I'm only saying it because he mentioned yeah. it today. That's, that's the only reason I'm saying it. Yeah. I, I mean, the fact that he's talking about it means that it's it's in his mind. So it's something in the back of his mind. I just wonder whether they've had the kind of whether an injury on a third on a on a Wednesday before yeah before a game on a Saturday gives them enough time to kind of chuck the chuck the baby out and and kind of start again yeah. on a, on a tactical plan for a game. But it, it might be something that they have been working on already behind closed doors. Yeah, true. And, and working on that on on a three man central midfield because McGinn is the kind of Swiss Army knife. He can he can sit in, in in any of those roles um i think the more likely outcome is a philogene to come in and and you know nobody could kind of argue really if he does come in given his performances in pre-season he's absolutely been you know fantastic and, and carried out everything that unai emery has wanted to do so if he goes down that route i think it would be understandable but telemans obviously brings that level of experience as well yeah defense Interesting. I think it's obviously either going to be Pau Torres at left back or it's going to be uh, Luca Dean at left back. I'm leaning towards the fact that it might be Pau Torres, but if it is Pau Torres, that is a is a, a tough baptism in the Premier League coming into into Newcastle. And I know he'll play more centrally, but coming in against Newcastle in a hostile atmosphere and playing left back, that is a that is a hard start for someone who you know La Liga is slower than the Premier League, and we've already talked about Newcastle's mentality with pressing. Yeah, yeah, I feel for him. If he if he comes in at left back, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him. Um, I mean, if you're Eddie Howe, then what do you do? Do you go okay? Well, you know, he's he's known for perhaps not being the most physical of defenders. So do we do we stick Joe Linton right wing mm. and do we pump some some switches over to to the Villa left hand side, the Newcastle right, and stick Joe Linton on on Pau Torres, or do we go okay? Well, let's try and beat him with pace and and stick Almir on, or get Harvey Barnes to start running in behind him. So there's lots of options. Not, I mean, not, not his, his experience means that he's not going to, you'd like to think he wouldn't be getting caught out positionally, but his big upside is that he's so good on the ball and he carries the ball out. So it'd be interesting to see how he deals with those first few months in the Premier League, how he deals with the physicality, how he deals with the pace of the game, because, you know, you can't replicate that in pre-season. So his experience means that, he should be able to to have a level of fitting in and, and kind of seamlessly fitting in, but there will always be that adaptation period. So whether Newcastle think, well, let's try and catch him cold in this game, that, that might be a way way of them getting at us. I actually think if Moreno was fit, and actually I wouldn't fully rule this out with with Luca Dean that maybe Paul Torres will play left back and I think Moreno would have played in front of him for this game with the players that are, that are out injured. I wouldn't actually rule out Luca Dean playing on the left hand side just because again it's something Emery's done previously at his at his previous club used the full back as a as a winger to provide width that down that side because he must have a plan for Paul Torres because I know there's great competition at Villa now, especially in the centre-back areas and particularly in the central midfield areas as well. But everyone was saying he's unlikely to play Mings and, and Paul Torres together. So this is how this is how he's obviously planning on doing it. But then I also think when Moreno's fit, he was so good last season, you can't really leave him out. So it's going to be interesting to see see how he fits them, fits them in. But the playing Paul Torres at left-back, it keeps Mings on the pitch and... Again, most weeks, I don't see how Tyrone Mings doesn't start for Villa. So, th- this could be a regular thing, Pau Torres at left-back. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's, you know, one hundred percent. Tyrone Mings will start against Newcastle because yeah. he's our, our most aerially dominant defender. Um, and so, Consa should start as well because that partnership was very good at the back end of the season. Yeah, so it's a case of how he fits the the piece of the puzzle in around them. I think what the signing of Pau Torres is it gives versatility and flexibility and. You know, when you think about the evolution of Villa, you want Villa to still be playing the same way at the start of this season as they did at the tail end of last season. You know, you would expect a kind of evolution. You would expect the development. And Pau Torres brings that level of development. It, it brings, um, you know, the the progress, the ball progression for one. And it brings that flexibility and versatility. In He can switch it about in mid-game. He can switch it about pre-game. Um, and he can make sure that Villa aren't just a one-trick pony, which I think some other teams in that top 10 might kind of fall under that banner now that when you get new managers in, when Unai Emery comes in towards the end of the season, teams will kind of work out what you're trying to do. And when Pal Torres comes in, it gives opposition teams just another little thing to think about. Oh, well, if we if we push on in one direction, then they can flip the ball out to the other side and Matty Cash can run in behind on on the right-hand side. So it, it just gives the opposition, opposition that something different to think about when, you, when you're playing Pau Torres. I think you're right with it as well. I think one of the reasons Brighton are so effective is because their players can play in multiple positions, but they can also, as a team, play in multiple ways. And that will continue again this, this season, even if they lose two high-level central midfield players, which they, which they probably will. They've obviously already lost one. Brighton is still hard to read. And especially pre-game, you don't always know whether they're playing with the back four, or they're playing with, with with the back three. We kind of saw this. We were playing four at the back last season, but some of the time it, it was a back three. Probably, although I thought they both did okay with it, not ideal for Cash and Young that, but it, it gives Villa two options now, doesn't it? You know how they were going to be playing. Moreno was the fullback that was going to be bombing on. It'll free Cash up in certain games and has to do the things that he wants to do, and he'll be able to bomb forward if they play Paul Torres left back. And then other games, you might see Diego Carlos come in, for example, and Concer or Chambers will, will play as their right-back. So Villa have actually, I do think that will help make the, the team a little bit more unpredictable, the fact that they can switch you up. I know it's the defence, but it should make Villa a bit more unpredictable going forward long-term. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, all all of those centre-backs, if you call them, and you include Pau Torres and that, have lots of different... They're not, they're not all the same player. They've all kind of different profiles of centre-back. So that immediately gives you that point of difference. And you're right, you, you're not sure whether... I mean, what you can kind of guarantee with an Unai Emery team is that he wants to build up from the back with three. So whether it's a back four, whether it's a back three, you kind of think, well, in possession, they're going to want to have um, three defenders able to progress the ball. And then you're going to have two central midfielders. And what he wants to do is try and get the ball as quickly as possible into those into those number 10 players to turn and run. Um so I think, you know, having those three, being able to switch them about gives Villa kind of different points of attack going forward from the back. Yeah, the four four two is very much, you know, it's a starting point. But then after that, it's very, very fluid. So let's say Diaby and Watkins are playing up top. Let's say Moreno is playing. I know he's not playing in this game. Moreno is providing the width on the left-hand side, playing very high from left back. The back three then tucks in and it makes a back three. You've got the Diaby playing alongside Watkins, let's say, in the in the front two, but then Diaby splits and he'll be the one providing the width from the right hand side, and then the two midfielders, wide McGinn and I don't know, let's say Ramsey when he's playing as well, they then come in to make that two 
behind Watkins, and then the two the two DMs are really the only ones that don't really move. So it's, it's you know it's it's exciting, and it's good to be able to sit here and talk about how Villa are going to play and all these tactical plans and how clever it all is. Because this time last year we would have sat here and just said it's four three three. Both the fullbacks are going to come forward, and McGinn and Ramsey they're going to cover and they're going to play fullback. And I was as <laughs> excited as it got, and it wasn't very excited. So you know what we talk, the things we're talking about here, are really exciting because this is how modern football teams play. I look at look at Man City. This this is what they do, the way they build up. They might start with a four at the back. You know they have fullbacks coming inside, centre backs stepping into midfield. You know Villa are now one of those teams, and it's exciting. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I think you've got to give a lot of credit to the players as well. The players being able to take on board all those tactical instructions and being willing to kind of learn on the job a little bit last season and and, and becoming better players for it. You know, Unai Emery, I think, when he when he first came in, said, you know, if you listen to what I say, we'll we'll kind of climb the table. And once it works once or twice for a player, they go, Oh yeah, you know, this this guy knows what he's talking about. We should we should kind of carry it out. And then you know, you they've got to sit there and they've got to listen to a lot of these video sessions and a lot of the, you know, tactical boards. But if it if it if the information's going in and it's working on the pitch, then you know, all credit to the players for for being able to carry it out. I think what do you want let's get a score prediction from you then, Dave. How do you think this game's gonna go? I mean, it's so tough to tough tough to call, isn't it? Um, yeah, I would. I'm kind of edging towards a score draw, so I'll I'll go I'll go a one-one for this one. I, I mean, I've got no idea who's going to start for Villa, apart from the the obvious first names on the team sheet, the spine of the team. But apart from that, I don't really know how he's going to set up Newcastle. You kind of know what you're going to get um, with their formation and with their personnel. It's just whether we're able to to match it. I'm looking forward actually to seeing what Newcastle do this season. Obviously, I've not seen a great deal of them in pre-season. Um, whether they vary up a little bit this year, whether they've got different points of attack. Looking forward to seeing Anthony Gordon. I would expect him to be a much better player this season than he was last yeah. year. Now he's up to speed. I'm looking forward to seeing Harvey Barnes. He's a player I've always liked at Leicester. Um, I'm sure he will do really well at Newcastle. And then, like you say. Uh, Sandro Tonali, top top player. He's got lots of different tools in his in his toolbox about where he can play, how he can affect the game. So I'm looking forward to seeing whether Newcastle offer any variation this year, rather than the kind of run all over your football. Which I'm not saying is a is a bad thing. It's more of a an observation than a, than a criticism. That was their kind of game plan last year. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game. I'm sure. We haven't even mentioned Elliot Anderson, who's been one of their best players. In pre-season, you know, there's a high chance actually that he'll start in in their eleven. He looks like he's filled out a little bit. Look, looked a really good player. The bits of him I saw in pre-season, it could actually be that that he starts. I think Unai Emery will want to make a statement first game of the season. I think Villa will have a very particular game plan. I don't really know what it is, but I think there'll be something in there that's very very clever. If Villa can get through the first twenty thirty minutes and not fall behind, I actually think Villa could can win this game and I'm going to predict that Villa win this game 2-1. I've just got a, just got a feeling. Yeah. I've um, got a feeling there's going to be something special up his sleeve. The, the game at Villa Park, John McGinn basically went in on uh, on Dan Byrne, didn't he? And, and and kind of managed to beat him all day. So I wonder whether there'll be something going on in that battle again. Yeah. 
I think I fancy us. I, I really, really do. But Dave, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks very much for joining me on this match preview. Give the video a like if you have enjoyed it and comment below with your score predictions and how you see the game going. Were me and Dave talking sense or were we talking rubbish? Do let us know, please. I like it when opposition fans sometimes watch the preview yeah, as well. Yeah. Let us know whether we're anywhere, anywhere close to, to talking correctly about their team. So again, if you're a Newcastle fan, let us know in, in the comments. Subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on. We've had a rebrand, as everyone will, will know by now. So plenty more content coming from 1874 in the coming weeks. So look forward to that. Thanks ever so much for joining us and up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply